Welcome to the latest episode of El Paso Talks, where the voices of El Paso are heard. Now let's welcome today's host. Hello everybody, happy week. This is Claudia Rodriguez and you are listening to Unmuted with Claudia Rodriguez. This week, I want to talk to you all about something that happened last week at City Council. Um, They are looking at revising our charter, our city charter. So I want to bring it back down to basics and just explain to everybody what our city charter is so that you all know the importance of this document and why you need to be paying attention to what City Council is doing right now. So the city charter is essentially our constitution here locally. It's what navigates us, it's what dictates us, it's what instructs us on how we should handle our local ordinances, our local laws, and it's just our our guiding tool. It's our main guiding tool, our city charter. Um, The city charter can be amended once every two years, which in my opinion, it's like amending our constitution. That's too once too often um, basically gives the ability for any new members of council to go in and and change and mold the, the our constitution to however they so see fit so we started the 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 original um i guess process back in 2020 to amend our city charter but COVID hits so we quickly abandoned ship and we decided not to and the way we start that process is by um appointing an ad hoc ad hoc charter committee and so every member of city council gets to appoint a person that is basically going to look at the at the charter and say this needs to be revised this needs to be changed um council makes recommendations as to what kind of changes they want to see the ad hoc the ad hoc charter committee is at liberty to also make recommendations and they they go through great length of time to basically analyze our city charter and say, you know, make appropriate recommendations. Um, So we went through that whole process and, you know, that didn't happen in 2020, but we did that early last year. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, you can go through a change every two years, but you don't have to. Like, that's just the bare minimum amount of time that we need to wait to revisit um, our our charter. It's at least once every two years, um, but we don't necessarily have to do that. So the very disappointing part of it all is that... <clears throat> We went through this process where we we vetted everything that needed to be changed. And, you know, we 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 all appointed people. Um, my appointee was James Spainado. Um, I know that there was other people on the committee like Ben Carnavale, appointed by Joe, by Joe Molinar. Steve Ortega was on there. I'm not sure who appointed him. I think it might have been Cassandra Hernandez. Um, but there was multiple people that that were on that committee. And this is one committee that for some reason, um, when it comes around, you know, people want to be a part of that committee and they will be calling counsel and they will be advocating. One of the persons that had called me initially was um, Eddie Hulgin, where he called me and he asked me if he could be my appointee. And, um, you know, I told him I would think about it. I had already had James Spainado in mind. James Spainado is a very like-minded individual um, as me. So I, you know, that's who I had my heart set on. And that's ultimately who I ended up appointing. So they went through this whole process where they had to 
volunteer their time and meet at City Hall. And there was also city attorneys present. So everything was legal, was properly vetted, and they made recommendations. So early last or late mid last year, I should say, mid year last year in around at around August, um, they came back with those recommendations and we started to examine and we started to, you know, debate and say, yes, that that's a good that's a good recommendation. That's not a good recommendation. One of the recommendations that was being made was to essentially take away the veto power. I think that was probably the most controversial one from the the from the mayor and just make them um, another voting individual. You know, so the, the thing about it is, is that all of these are just recommendations. They weren't set on stone, neither by the committee nor by city council. All we were doing was sending it to the voters. So then the voters ultimately had the 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 final say in it to say, yes, we want going back to the example of the of the mayor's veto. We want the mayor to keep his veto. We don't want the mayor to have his veto power whatever it was just a way to say you know people what do you want and it's it's a good symptom of a functioning democracy where we're not making those those huge amendments or those huge changes to our charter our our local constitution based off of political gain or anything like that right because nobody can go in with the with the motive and say i want to change this i mean you can you can make those types of recommendations but ultimately they have to go through the whole vetting process by the public and the public gets to the final say to say yes i want that no i don't want that well one of the things that um the council decided while i was on council is that we did want to see the mayor mayor's veto um, removed ultimately because, you know, me personally, I am a huge advocate for a strong, a strong council form of government versus a strong mayor form of government. And what that means is that the form of government that we have right now, um, the council ultimately has the majority of the power, whereas the mayor is just, I guess, there for decorum. He's an he's an at large or the mayor. He or she is just an at large um voted person elected official but they don't have they don't have much power other than like what we saw during the whole migrant situation where he can declare a state of emergency and only he can declare a state of emergency that's that's a power that he would keep and would remain that would remain but if he were to say okay we want to we want you mayor to vote because we want to know what your position is on x y and z um i think that's a very important thing that we should ask of our mayor because he is voted in by the entire city and so we need to know where he stands on a multitude of issues and for you know our mayor specifically Lisa, he's been very comfortable in not being challenged and always coming up as a good boy right he wants to be seen as a good boy and he he will just stay quiet and you know he'll get to break ties every once in a while and ruffle some feathers and i guess you know that's that's what he does or he just gets to veto things that are 
um, very, I mean, it's just a shame the, the way the veto is is politicized. You know, I've been told, well, it's good that the mayor gets to veto because he gets to basically ruffle some feathers and gets the public noticing what's going on in city government. Well, yeah, but I mean, really, that shouldn't be why people pay attention to city government. You should be paying to city government attention to city government because of a multitude of issues that they are discussing and they are making decisions over that affect you and affect me on a daily basis and so the mayor should because every single person in this community that voted voted for that person for that position he should be taking positions and he should be voting and he should be saying not letting the council basically get the he or him take the credit whenever things go his way or not so I was in for for the mayor um, to be able to to be a voting voting block. Like I said, that just goes that just falls more in line with the type of government that we do have, which is a strong council form of government. Um, I would never advocate against a strong going back to a strong mayor form of government. I feel that like that's a very antiquated form of government, and and every city, major city that has a strong mayor form of government is a disaster. You look at New York City, you look at Chicago, at Houston, at Los Angeles. And so there really isn't a a good precedence for keeping and maintaining a strong mayor form of government. But that's not the focus of this podcast. The the focus of this podcast, I want to keep it at our city charter. So going back to August of last year, when we were discussing this, um, there was a citizen's petition to amend our our charter. And that petition came in, in my opinion, too late. Like they had they knew they wanted to do this. And it was almost like they held excuse me. It was almost like they held council hostage to to what it is, whatever it is that was on their petition, which is basically um, to change our city charter into a climate change form of city charter or form of government, which is crazy. Like there is nothing like that anywhere in the country. Other cities have tried it, you know, in Texas, I think Austin has tried it. And it's just something that to me is, is, I can't get behind it, like in any way, shape or form. Um, It's just the new Green Deal being brought to you here in El Paso locally. So what this group did, and I've heard from multiple sources, is that they, they, well, first of all, they have their attorneys and this group from Austin, from the city of Austin here in Texas, that came to El Paso and just basically infiltrated their religious beliefs of climate change. And we need to do this because whatever. It's like I said, the Green New Deal being here, being presented to El Paso. And you all are going to vote on that. But so they waited to the last minute to turn in this petition of all these signatures. And oh, that's what I was going to say. They from what I've heard from multiple um, individuals, they were actually paying people. They were paying people two dollars a signature to be to sign their petition. And this petition is a huge document. It's like 12 pages long or it's 12 
pieces long and it's just saying how we're gonna change our our charter again because we can only change our charter once every two years to a climate change form of government i don't even know what that means from what i understand it means that every single city job has to now be a green job i don't know what a green job is um and don't get me wrong like i think we should be taking care of our environment our my the environment is very important you know we need to clean up after ourselves we need to have a clean environment we need to have clean water we need to have clean air no one is disputing any of that but to come here and just basically say this is what we're gonna do we did it based off of these signatures this is what the people want is is false um but again you all are going to be able to vote on it i didn't want so what happened in august is that they presented it to us and they kept um we said fine we are supposed to have we're supposed to turn into the county our our charter amendments for the november election um, there's not going to be enough time to vet your signatures to make sure that all of your signatures are legitimate and make sure that you all really did do the work. So we're just going to put off our our charter amendments for a May election. In hindsight, I really regret doing that. I think that we 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 catered to a bunch of <laughs> People, radicalized people, um, radicalized children, kids, you know, they, and I know I'm gonna get criticized for this, it's okay. Um, that's what it felt like to me. I felt like we were being held hostage by a bunch of kids bullying council saying like, we did all this hard work, you all better take us into account and give us credit and put this on the, let the people decide the people wanna do this. And council did it we did it we said fine we will put off our charter amendments and wait till next may and hold a whole new election which by the way we normally do not have elections in may so this is going to cost the taxpayers over a million dollars to hold a, to, uh, an election in may and and we said fine so since given given the nature of the election cycle that was about to start in August last year, we said, fine, we're going to hold all of this off till till August and we won't bring back any discussions about our charter amendments until um, the new year when we have the new council and everybody's able to decide what it is that they want to do again. In hindsight, I really regret doing that, not because I'm not on city council, but just it just really it's it put it discredited all the work that my appointee did it discredited the time that i was there because i wasn't i'm not there anymore so everything all the recommendations that were made by those by all the people that were appointed then um basically went down the toilet and this council basically again hijacked that and did whatever they those recommendations and did whatever they did and without any regard to pat the previous council that started that began that whole process of going through the ad hoc charter committee um it was just very in my opinion very oh gosh i can't think of another word to describe it other than just it was just hijacked the whole process was hijacked and and i'll go into more detail by the council members that i feel are the ones doing this and why i think they're doing this but Again, I think that's for for another episode. Um, so this time around, 
you know, they went through that whole process. They validated all the signatures. You know, these people from the this group from the ad hoc committee has has the signatures. So it will be on the ballot and a multitude of other amendments will be on the ballot. Um, the mayor's veto. Nobody needs to worry about it, whether you're for it or against it. You know, doesn't matter. You Your opportunity to vote for or against it was taken away because this council decided that they didn't even want to put that on on the ballot. Um, so come this May, there's going to be an election for to amend our charter, to amend all the recommendations that the council made and to ultimately change our charter from regular municipal city charter traditional what we've had for many years to the radical green new deal to a a climate charter form of government um this is where i find it a blessing in disguise i that was something i strongly opposed that whole not their work like i think that that that's great that they did their work they paid people i mean i don't know i can't Say that's true or false that's just a rumor that I heard but had I been on city council I would not have been able to advocate against it and it's something that that irritated me ultimately because it was something I was very much against but now that I'm not on city council I get to very much advocate against it and I will tell you all this thing we don't know what it's going to cost at the very minimum just to municipalize El Paso Electric, meaning we have to buy El Paso Electric into the city and the city is going to control it. And for those of you that know me, know that I am very much against government, bigger government, against government growing their power. I believe that I believe in capitalism. I believe that things need to be left in the private sector. Um, I think that everything that the government touches and every time they try to make a business, it's not it's not a good idea. Like I, my whole motto has been the government should not be in the business of making businesses. And so for us to be able to get this type of to float this idea of municipalizing El Paso Electric because that's one of the things that, that they're recommend, recommending. Um, minimum ballpark, I would say that would cost the El Paso taxpayers about a bil- $10 billion. I And that's just that part of it. Um, some other crazy parts of it is that you can't sell fuel to, I'm sorry, water to people that use fuel. So like my business, we have a semi-truck business. We use fuel, fossil fuels. We use diesel and we wouldn't be able to buy water anymore. Um, it's it's just, it, it is crazy. And so I'm here to say that I strongly Oppose that. I'm going to strongly come out and say, everybody, doesn't matter what those recommendations from council are. It doesn't matter this whole new Green Deal thing. Everybody go vote in May and vote no. Like, don't get yourself confused. Just vote no on everything. And I can say that now. I can happily say that because I am no longer a, a sitting member of city council and I can advocate against all of it. And I can tell you all, 
from firsthand knowledge, firsthand experience, we do not want to go down that road. That Green New Deal will kill our barely existent economy here in El Paso that we have worked very hard to get. I, When I got on city council, we approved the TJ Maxx distribution center. If any of you all have ever driven down um, Global Reach, this huge facility that's being built, if you're heading north on your right side, that's going to be a new distribution center. It's going to bring in over a thousand jobs, good paying jobs, and it's going to bring in a whole slew of vendors, which means a whole new group of like trucking companies and different people that can benefit Their families can be fed. Their families can put a roof over their heads. They're going to benefit from that one business alone. And I know that economic development for me when I was on council was a big, um, it it was one of the, the sexiest things on city government, just to put it in a way that I think is a little bit comical because I know city city government is not sexy, but the the whole part of economic um, economic development that was a very positive. It was a very lucrative thing, and it was something that everybody wanted to be a part of. And I know everybody was excited by economic development, and that's what we should be striving for here. Like, how do we bring more businesses here to be able to offset our tax bills, our property taxes, right? Because in El Paso, it's no secret that we have some of the highest taxes. And a lot of it has to do is because we are upside down as far as how many homes to how many businesses we have in El Paso. So on average, everybody should be around 50-50, meaning 50% of your general fund comes from, um, or lower. Actually, I would advocate for lower, but just to put it into perspective, it should be 50% coming from um, property taxes and the other 50% coming from the property taxes of businesses. And in El Paso, we're 30, 70. So that means that 70% come from the homeowners and 30% come from the businesses. And so by us adopting this form of government, we are going to kill our local economy. People will no longer be coming to El Paso. If they were hesitant to come before, they are going to be, they're not even going to look at us. Like they're going to say, oh, hell no, El Paso, we're not. Like you all do, you guys are not friendly towards businesses. You all, we're not going to do this. So again, this was what happened on city council this past week. They finally approved what's going to be on the May ballot, and that's what's going to be on the May ballot. It's going to be all the recommendations that um, city council made. They changed all the recommendations that were initially recommended from and vetted by the ad hoc committee that was that happened all of last year and the Green New Deal. So just to make it easy on every for everybody, remember, elections have consequences. It is important that you vote because if you do not vote and this thing passes, your taxes, what you have been complaining about are gonna go out the roof and it's going to be crazy here in El Paso. So vote no, vote no down the ballot for everything. Just vote no, 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 no. And keep our charter, just how it is 
So nothing will change if we vote no and none of the changes happen. Our charter will remain just as it is, which it's not perfect, but it is a lot better than what is being proposed. And hopefully in the future, we can become more involved. And when we have the opportunity again to revisit our, our charter, in two years, if it's necessary, we will be well informed that we can go and advocate to council and tell them exactly what we want to see and what we don't want to see. So stay attentive, pay attention, and make sure that in May, and I will be consistently and constantly reminding everybody to vote no. Have a good day. I'll see you all in the next one. Bye. This has been Unmuted with Claudia, where we discuss the most important issues facing our community. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you love my podcast, I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, rate, and review me on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Don't forget to let me know what topics you would like for me to cover in future episodes. Drop me a line on claudia at claudiafoelpaso.com. See you in my next episode. This has been El Paso Talks, a podcast about El Paso delivered to you by the voices of your neighbors, your friends, your family, and even yourself. If you haven't already, like, subscribe and rate our podcast. El Paso Talks is produced by El Paso News. The opinions expressed are those of the individual delivering the episode and may not necessarily represent the views of El Paso News or the other podcasters on El Paso Talks. Find us at elpasonews.org. See you in the next episode.